Reading our Bibles regularly can be a challenge, but we're all on this journey together. We're praying that this podcast inspires you, helps you better understand God's Word, and builds your faith. This is Join the Journey with your host, Emma Daughter. Thanks for joining. When we pick up in 1 Kings 7, we find ourselves neck deep in descriptions, plans, and ornate objects that must be built for the temple. Solomon's gotten started on the work that needs to be done, and we're finding out more. But what we also find is a subtle tell of how Solomon's heart may be divided. We see a new friend with a familiar name and hear of some final acts of faithfulness from the previous king. This passage starts off explaining more details about Solomon's building project, but it's not the building project expected. In the first few verses, the author informs us that we actually are not hearing details about the temple. Rather, we're hearing details about Solomon's house. What a change of topic. Solomon's house took 13 years to build, and it was nicknamed House of the Forest of Lebanon. Why is that? Well, Solomon used so much cedar for his house that it was joked about as being its own forest. Think about this. There was so much wood imported and used that they called it a forest. That is wild. The subtle nickname for this home is pretty telling, and it's not that subtle. This fact really provokes a question. Why are we reading about Solomon's house being built amidst the information about the construction of the temple? The author seems to be alluding to something here. Instead of Solomon giving his undivided attention to the building of the temple, he actually may have his energy split. Temple and personal home construction. Not only is he focused on two things, he ends up spending double the amount of time on his personal palace than he does on the temple. There's an opportunity to play devil's advocate here. I mean, the palace is a house that is lived in by tons of people and could be argued to be used more than the temple, or at least by more people. But we can reasonably conclude, if that were the reason behind it taking so long to be built, the author would not have put these details right here in the middle of the temple description. It's possible, it's an an option, that the information given and the placement of it is intended to prompt readers with this question. Why or how may Solomon's heart have been divided in this project? Maybe go deeper. Think of some personal application. What what are areas areas of your life that may seem to not be a big deal or a big issue, but actually are taking your attention away from God? Are there parts of your heart or mine that are divided like Solomon's? But let's keep reading. Another interesting thing to note is a new friend in our passage. His name is Hiram of Tyre. Now I know what you're probably thinking, Emma. We just read about this guy, the king of Tyre, back in 1 Kings 5. Why is he back and what's going on? Well, yes, we did hear about that guy, but Hiram king of Tyre and Hiram of Tyre are two different people. In verses 13 and 14, we hear a little bit about the family of Hiram, that he was a half-Jewish, half-Gentile guy with some pretty incredible giftings. His gifting was in the working of bronze, which was an essential need in creating all the different tools for sacrifices in the temple. Another great thing to note here is that in this time, the tools for religious ceremonies were normally functional and not beautiful. Solomon clearly sees or saw the importance for functionality and beauty in the creating of these needs, which is why he enlists the help of Hiram. The description of Hiram's gifts is similar to two amazingly gifted men we've learned about before. 
In Exodus 31 and Exodus 35, we heard about two men who helped in the construction of the tabernacle, Bezalel and Ohiliab. It says this in Exodus 35, 30 through 35. Moses said to the people of Israel, See, the Lord has called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. And he has filled him with the spirit of God, with skill, with intelligence, with knowledge, and with all craftsmanship to devise artistic designs, to work in gold and silver and bronze, in cutting stones for setting and in carving wood, for work in every skilled craft. And he has inspired him to teach, both him and Aholiab, the son of Ahizamach of the tribe of Dan. He has filled them with skill to do every sort of work done by an engraver or by a designer or by an embroiderer and blue and purple and scarlet yarns and fine twisted linen or by a weaver, by any sort of workman or skilled designer. Exodus 35, 30 through 35. Similar in gifting and similar in project, Hiram of Tyre aids in the creating of these tools for the temple, just like those who went before him for the tabernacle. The calling of God on their lives was clear, and the gifts he gave them helped them fulfill all that God called them to. So we can be encouraged and encourage others when we see them use their gifts and talents for the glory of God. The passage wraps up with the temple's construction having been completed and with Solomon bringing in the silver and gold David had prepared for the temple. What an amazing tying of the bow moment on the life of David. His ordinary acts of faithfulness during his life were having a ripple effects on others' lives in the future, which begs another challenge for us. We're concluding our time today with two things to think about. Are there parts of our lives where our attention is divided? Are there parts of my life where my attention is divided? And am I being faithful each day with what God has put in front of me? Am I deploying the gifts that God has given me in the local church? 1 Corinthians 12 reads, Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all and everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. That's verse 7. And the point that's put on display in today's passage through Hiram is this. God gives believers, his people, gifts. Now we know them as spiritual gifts, which play out differently in each of us, 1 Peter 4, and are intended to be used for the common good, meaning for the benefit of others within the church. So if you're looking for a place to serve or a way to use your gifts, shoot an email to jointhejourney at watermark.org as we're always looking for more volunteers. And if we don't have a good spot for you, we'd love to connect you with a ministry that does. That's all we have time for today. Special thanks to our fellow Hannah Stobbs for helping me prepare today's episode. And as always, I'm so glad we're all on this journey reading the Bible together. The Join the Journey podcast is produced by Watermark Community Church in Dallas, Texas. You can learn more about Watermark by connecting with us on social media. Just search Watermark Church, all one word. And to read along with us, visit jointhejourney.com. And thank you guys for listening.